0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills. And also by Springer Mountain Farms, over 300 family farms raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Learn more at biggreenegg.com and springermountainfarms.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are broadcasting live from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. You can check out our full lineup at heritageradionetwork.org slash charleston. We're a member-supported nonprofit radio, and we are brought to you here today by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken and Big Green Egg. And thanks again to Livestream, our neighbors in Bushwick for providing us with the Mevo camera so you can check out our live stream at Facebook, we're Heritage Radio. I'm so lucky today to be joined by Isaac Toops, the chef and uh, owner of Toops Meadery and Tubes South. Thank you, Isaac, for being with us today. Uh,
3: thank thank you all. I always have a good time here in Charleston, the Southern uh, Food Blue Wine Festival. Absolutely marvelous time. I'm always I'm always just playing around here. This year they got me working. And but I'm not working hard. I'm hardly working. Is hardly that
2: right? working. We're glad to hear that. Tell us a little bit about what you have on the docket for Charleston this weekend.
3: Uh, this weekend, I've already done um, a little Low Country Bowl versus a Southern Crawfish Bowl. We've already done that. We did a Crawfish and Corn Bouillettes with a with a saffron and a Crawfish Bowl Potato Salad. And tomorrow at uh, Beer Battered and Fried, we've got Tube's metery and Tube Southers gratons, otherwise known as cracklins, the double-fried pork belly. They make you want to slap your mama, and then your mama slap you back.
2: All right. You heard it here first, everybody, Heritage Radio Network. Um, So, Isaac, we know you're from Cajun country. You're born and raised in Rain, Louisiana. Can you talk a little bit about your Cajun roots and maybe help our audience to distinguish between the Cajun and the Creole cuisine that's maybe more common in New Orleans?
3: Yeah, well, uh, like they say, I, w- I was born and raised in-, in Cajun cuisine. Uh, I was actually really lucky because my mother is a prairie Cajun, my father's a coastal Cajun. So I got both sides of the Cajun coin, which is really nice. I didn't realize that growing up, how nice I had it. But so my mother's side of the family had the, the rice dishes and the cochon de lais and the whole pig cookery. And my father's side had the raw oysters and crawfish and fish and shrimp dishes, uh, which I've grown to um, re- remake and love. Yeah. And the difference uh, mainly between, you know, the Cajun and Creole, and a lot of people when they come to New Orleans thinking they're getting straight Cajun or straight Creole, what they're actually getting is a blend of both of them. And that's not bad at all. It's, it's wonderful food, but rarely do you get authentic Creole or authentic Cajun, so I try to reproduce that in both of my restaurants. And, um, you know, the main difference between, you know, with Creole you get a lot of Spanish and African influences, and with the Cajun you get the French and the Native American, but there's a lot of crossover. Everybody's got gumbo, and the gumbo's good.
2: Yeah. How would you say that your food might honor or depart from what is considered traditional Cajun, or how do you blend the two Cajun and Creole cuisines?
3: Um, you know, on both both the, re- uh, both the menus at both the restaurants, I have some overtly authentic Cajun dishes. You know, at Meadery, we have bourrin, cracklins and dirty rice and that's about as essential cajun as it gets at the same time i do some things that wouldn't necessarily be considered cajun unless of course they're cooked by me and they're automatically cajun ha <laughs> <laughs> ha um so you know i'll have lamb neck with are brazen red wine and anchovy more of a spanish uh feel to them okay and i do have a um a re- a wide ranging of charcuterie items that you wouldn't all necessarily see in cajun country but i hold true to the um standards of Cajun country, so where we don't really do any dry curing in Cajun country. You hang sausage out, you know, in down south, and you're going to get a rotten sausage. So I don't do any dry curing. What I would do do is smoking and confeing and uh-huh. curing and air drying and cracklings and fresh charcuterie, so I keep it true to the vibe of Cajun culture and okay. the fresh charcuterie.
2: Okay. So, it sounds like you are obviously influenced by your environment on a technical level and a Spiritual level, how would you say that you are pushing the envelope to create something new? And is that presenting a bit of a conflict with also presenting traditional Cajun cuisine?
3: Uh, not at all. It's it's kind, I, I kind of like do whatever I like, and the food is always better when I'm doing it that way. So you take a guy. What's a guy? What do you do with a guy who's been raised and raised in Cajun culture his entire life? Moves to New Orleans, works in fine dining under Emeril Lagasse for ten years. I can get any ingredient in the world. So with that, it's like, well, he came from Cajun country. He worked for Emerald Agassi for 10 years. He's done fine dining, and he can get anything he wants. Well, what does he do with that? And you get exactly what I do do. And that's Cajun cuisine with sometimes a twist, sometimes a tweak, sometimes very straightforward, but it's always guttural, it's always very it, it's always very rich and lavish. I don't shy away from, you know, the richness of my food. That's what I like to eat, that's what I like to cook, and that's who I am.
2: Yeah, well, don't be shy. Thank you so much. Uh, So, you just opened Tube South. That's your new restaurant in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in NOLA, Central City what was the process like opening a second place and how have you expanded your Cajun roots to include more typical southern cuisine? Uh, Any major discoveries there?
3: Well, we had a problem at the Toops Meadery, our original restaurant. We had too many customers. We had too many customers and we couldn't seat them down. So it's like, you know what? We need a second restaurant. So the Southern Food and Beverage Museum said, hey, we've got a restaurant. I'm like, hey, I'm southern. Holy hell. So uh, we got together and uh, you know. We couldn't think, couldn't imagine doing anything else in a Southern Food and Beverage Museum or anywhere else for that matter. I'm, I'm a Southern man. I cook Southern food, but since the meteor was very contemporary Cajun or modern Cajun, he said, "Let's branch out and let's do all of the South." So, a little bit of Texas barbecue. We have Aaron Franklin's original smoker back there. I couldn't wow. see, couldn't see not using the damn thing. So, but we just we not a traditional barbecue shop. So we'll smoke foie gras and we'll smoke whole goats and we'll smoke lamb legs wow. and things of that nature at the same time and uh charleston you know i fell in love with crab fat so we make crab fat butter which we make with uh, we, we make crab fat butter and we, we serve that with crab uh, with uh, i'm sorry with buttermilk biscuits so buttermilk misses and crab fat butter giant uh, pork chops that, that are in a big stack with a knife sticking through them smoked lamb leg smoked foie gras to, uh terrine and a whole bunch of rich in-your-face dishes wow you'll find vegetables there on occasion
2: but do they have crab butter on them?
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's the
2: only way I'd want to find them at tube south. You're right. Thank you. Uh, so Mardi Gras just wrapped. How are you feeling?
3: Uh, you know Mardi Gras is always hectic. It's good and busy. The city is always alive. It's rich in culture, and Mardi Gras is no different. You can fly your freak flag high. Yeah. And, and the person next to you has got it even higher. So no worries.
2: Do you have any Mardi Gras stories for us from your restaurants? Or oh, I've otherwise? got a bunch
3: of R-rated ones. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we can Do tell. Yeah,
2: anything PG thirteen plus?
3: <laughs> oh, PG <PG-13> thirteen plus. Yeah. <laughs> well, one time a guy, uh, we were having a crawfish ball outside outside of my house, and a guy wanted me to fist fight me over some crawfish. Well, this guy didn't realize that while I was sitting down, I stood up. I was about six inches over him. Everybody starts to g- giggle. And this guy wants to really fight me. My wife gets in front of me and says, "I'm gonna knock your ass out myself if you don't get get out of my house." Everybody had a good time. It was just, it's about, it's about a PG-13 of stories you gonna get.
2: That's pretty good. Uh, we can push the envelope with one more if you want.
3: <laughs> Let me see. I don't. I tend not to remember a lot of them. <laughs> it's good morning. Any good morning stories, baby? I'm, I'm looking at my wife. Like which one can I tell?
2: Um, how about any stories that you'd like to share from Top Chef? You were on with a good friend of mine and my fiance's, Marjorie Meek Bradley. Uh, you did really well on Top Chef. How did that influence where you are now, or any crazy stories you can tell us from that time? You
3: know what? I got a great story. Um, it was, um, I think it was the final four of us uh, me, Marjorie, Jeremy, and, uh, and Carl. All, all, they, they bring us to eat, and Hubert Keller, he has cooked us a meal himself. <laughs> and Emeril Lagasse is pouring wine and he's sitting right next to me and just tapping my shoulder as he talks and I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to be enamored, but I am. And his, his French accent is, is enticing. He's talking about this story where he moved down to San Francisco and his English was not very good and he goes down to the store to buy some beer and he brings it back to his wife. He's like, this beer tastes very weird. He bought root beer. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so, so uh, uh. one night, Hubert Keller... Cooked me a meal and Emmerglossi poured me wine. So how are you gonna top that?
2: I was in tears watching that episode. Yeah, it was It good. was intense.
3: Also, the, the other the other story I've been trying to tell everybody is that Jose Andreas. I, I made cornbread in the in in the desert uh, with a solar oven, and <laughs> it didn't make it to TV. So I've been telling everybody else. that <laughs> Jose Andreas said I made him the best cornbread he had ever had ever. So wow. ha!
2: So in there. In the oven
3: with the power of the freaking
2: sun, y'all. So there. You've harnessed. Harness the power of the sun that's amazing Isaac
3: (laughs) it was cool it was a cool experience
2: that's so cool um so I like to give everybody who's on the show here a chance to shout out someone in their community or an organization that you might know who's just doing great work in the food space do you want to give big ups to anybody
3: um you know just off the top of my head um uh Howard Connors is a guy I I just kind of got to know and he's a uh He's a whole goat smoker, and he's a whole uh, pig smoker. He, he does some very traditional uh, barbecue works, and he's also uh, a NASA scientist. So he's, he's, he's a nuclear engineer who does whole hog and whole uh, goat cookery. I, I think it's like one of the most fascinating things uh, that, that I've seen recently. It's like, what do you mean you're an astrophysicist? What are you doing smoking whole, whole pigs? He's like, I love it. I'm like, okay. I got, I got nothing on that. So shout out to him to bringing back tra- uh, traditional barbecue and whole hog cookery.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so please check out Isaac Tubes, Tubes metery Tubes South, T-O-U-P-S. Where can our listeners find you on the internet?
3: On the internet, um, at Tubes Meadery and Tubes South.com. And what's our Instagram? Tubes Meadery Tubes South on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other web of things.
2: All right. Go to New Orleans, everybody. Mardi Gras just ended. Crowds are dying down a little bit. Go to Tubes metery, Go to Tubes South chat with isaac tubes and get your cracklins
3: on thank y'all so much thanks
2: for being with us today on heritage radio network thank y'all all All right we're going to take a short break and then sam ben ruby host of the grape nation will be taking over to chat with some very special guests about barbecue and wine thanks y'all
1: this episode is brought to you by big green egg the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills In business since 1974, they've transformed ancient cooking vessels into modern-day masterpieces. Today, they sell seven sizes of the egg, as well as hundreds of accessories designed to make your cooking fun, entertaining, and delicious. Often copied, but never equaled, the Big Green Egg is the ultimate cooking experience. Learn more at biggreenegg.com. This episode is also brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms. Over 300 family farmers raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Many of them are second and even third generation. They're committed to doing things the right way. Springer was one of the first poultry companies to forego the use of antibiotics, and they've embraced other humane practices too. In fact, they were the first poultry company to earn the American Humane Association seal of approval. Learn more at springermountainfarms.com.